You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. This is the blessing of Judah, he said. Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. That's a blessing. Hear the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. Divine connection. If you are in the marketplace, like I know most of us are, you don't want the customers of the next guy, you want your customers. They call it your target audience, your demographic. There's nothing worse than you are selling this thing and you keep connecting with people who are looking for that thing. There's nothing worse in the marketplace. It makes you look like a fool. It makes you look like you are in this place, you are doing this. But all the people that are connecting to you are looking for something else. What you are doing is pointless. You are in the wrong place, maybe. Or maybe what you need is for God to bring you to your people. You are a pastor. You are pastoring a church. And the kind of people that you are connecting to is a very real thing. You have a pastor that's disconnected. You look at the pastor, you look at the church. You look at the man, you look at his family. You look at the person, you look at the potential. And look at what, what is this? What kind of life is this? What the person has to offer and what they are producing don't look alike. Let me use a Bible, another Bible example. When David was looking, David and his men were looking for their wives and children. Along the way, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. They met an Egyptian that was abandoned on the way. That is a divine connection. That is how they found their wives. It wasn't, God didn't come down and give them a vision. He met a man. He met a man. If you will fulfill your destiny, don't deceive yourself. You need to meet the right people at the right time. That's what that thing means. Hear you, his voice, and bring him to his people. Not that people, his, his, his people. Divine connection to your people. To your people. They, some people will say, I have found my tribe. I have found my kindred. People that think like you. If you are a pastor and you are pastoring people who don't see what you see, you will die in frustration and be anointed. And be anointed. There are men who do not have anointing. There are people who don't have anointing, but they are connected to their people. They have half anointing. If God gave me the choice between being mightily anointed and connected to the wrong people, classic example is Moses. He died on the other side of the promised land because God did not connect him to his people. He led them. He was a great prophet, but he never made it to the other side because of those people. He was almost abusing them in Deuteronomy. He said, I know you are a stiff-necked people. Read that account. That's not a complimentary account of the congregation. My father, my father, my father. My father, my father, my father. Hear my voice today. Bring me to my people. Connect me to my people. Connect me in the marketplace. Connect me in ministry. Connect Nigeria to the right leaders. 
Connect Nigeria to the right leaders. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A divine connection. A divine connection. Lord, a divine connection. Bone to bone. Flesh to flesh. A right man, O Lord, along the way. The right woman, O Lord, along the way. Help me, O King of Glory, to fulfill my destiny. Help me, O King of Glory, to fulfill my destiny. Connect me to the right man. In the marketplace, connect me. In the ministry, connect me. When I go out to evangelize, connect me. As a pastor, connect me. In my ministry, connect me. Connect the overcomers church one outreach to the men and the women with whom our destinies are tied. Connect us like you connected David to that Egyptian along the way. Connect us, oh God, like you connected David to Samuel. Connect us to anointed men and women. Connect us, oh King of Glory, to people, oh Lord, that will help us get to our place. That will help us get to our place. That will help us get to our place. Don't let us meet people that will frustrate us. Don't let us meet people that will frustrate us. Don't let us meet people that will frustrate the grace and of God upon our lives. That will frustrate the anointing of God upon our lives. Help us, O King of Glory, to meet people, O God, that will help us into our next level. In our destiny, to fulfill our destiny, connect us to the right person. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And let his hands be sufficient for him. Amen. Let his hands be sufficient for him. Amen. Ability. Ability. God said, I have, I have given you, he was saying to uh, Moses, I've given you Aholiab and Basilea. Hands that are sufficient. When your hands are sufficient for you, you won't beg. When your hands are sufficient for you. There are people who are talented, but their hands are not sufficient for them. Hands don't meet. A man used to pray, he said, money will meet money in your hands. Let your hands be sufficient. The woman that had a cruise of oil went to Elisha, a prophet whose hands were sufficient. And when he spoke a word, as she began to pour, the hands of the prophet were on her hands. And as she began to pour, the oil that was not enough became more than enough. It's a blessing. There are some people that when they touch, they say that anything they touch turns to gold. Another way you can put that anything they touch becomes more than enough. They touch a group, it increases. Some people touch the national treasury and here we are today. When the hands of your leader is not sufficient, there are people who everything they touch, it scatters. Everything they touch, it diminishes. Everything they touch, it decays. Let your hands be sufficient. Let his hands be sufficient for him. When your hands are sufficient for you, you don't have to look outside. Have you ever seen somebody that doesn't know what to do or how to do? You see them running around, their hands are not sufficient. They don't know who to call. Their hands are not sufficient. My father, my father. My father, my, my father. father, my father, my father, my father, as you bless Judah, as you bless Judah, bless me today, bless me today, let my hands be sufficient for me, let my, hand be let my hands for be me. sufficient for me, in things spiritual be sufficient for me, in things financial be sufficient for me, in my relationship let my hands be sufficient, oh God, deliver me from insufficiency, deliver me from scarcity, deliver me, oh God, 
Don't let me scatter, oh Lord, what you put in my hands. Let what you put in my hand begin to grow. Let what you put in my hand begin to flourish. Let my hand be sufficient, oh God. Sufficient for your call upon my life. Sufficient, oh King of glory. In the name of Jesus, let sufficiency, let abundance, oh Lord. The grace for abundance. The grace for multiplication. Oh King of glory, release unto me in the name of Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. And be thou and help to him from his enemies. We are going to pray for Nigeria. Nigeria has enemies. Nigeria has enemies. The country is the way it is. Because it has enemies. And unfortunately, some enemies are in positions. Key positions. Be thou and help for him against his enemies. You are going to cry out to God. You can pray that prayer personally later. But this one, we are going to pray for our nation. We are going to pray for our nation. If we continue like this, if we continue like this. Now some of us are going to Ghana. Lot of us running there, we are being treated like, Ghana is now like abroad. Ghana is not like abroad. When I went there in, in, in 2018, I saw the way they were talking to me. Said it's not too different from how some countries, some Caucasian countries, how they talk to, talking down. Look at you people. He didn't say it, but he said it. My father, my father. My father, my father. Hear our cry, O oh God. And deliver Nigeria. Deliver Nigeria from our enemies. Deliver Nigeria from our enemies. Deliver from Nigeria from our enemies. Enemies within. Enemies without. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us from poverty. Deliver us from evil leadership. Deliver us, O King of glory. Deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us, O God. Deliver us from evil management. Deliver us from evil leadership. Deliver us from men and women in positions of authority and power who are out to destroy this nation, who are out to make us beggars, who are out to see to it that we eat on the streets, that we eat off of the floor. My Father and my God, we cry out to you this day. For if your people who are called by your name shall humble themselves, Turn from their wicked ways and call out to you. You will hear from heaven and heal our land. Heal our land, O oh God. Help us from our enemies. If you don't help us, we will not be helped. In Jesus' name. You can have your seats. Holy Spirit, help us. Open our eyes. Open the scriptures to us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Arise and shine. That's the theme for this quarter. So for the next three months, we'll be dwelling on that scripture in one way or the other. Um, our mama already really deliberated, really um, expounded on what to arise and shine means. So in very practical terms, there's no, there's no great revelation in what I'm about to say. 
I think the technical term for what I'm about to do is admonish, really, more than preach or teach. I'm not saying anything that anybody here doesn't already know. I'm just here to remind you, because when times are difficult, like they are now, it's easy to be overwhelmed. It's easy to be discouraged by one prayer or the other that hasn't been answered, by one persistent, consistent difficulty, sometimes by sudden problems, something that suddenly has happened to you. Because I can see the weight of what is happening in the nation on our faces, no matter how hard we try. It has come to the point where it's difficult to hide. It's almost impossible to hide. There are times where you can dance around the problem. There are times where the problem is still far away. Then there are times where it comes to your doorstep and backs you up into a corner. What do you do then? In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'll mention many scriptures. We see the story of Jehoshaphat, where the three kings, the children of Ammon, of Moab, and Mount Seir, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And they told Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'll just read through. Uh, verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. I'm going over the points, perhaps in a bit of a backward manner. That's a critical point. I think I'll take that one first. I meant to take it second. Seek the face of the Lord in prayer and in fasting. What do you do when you are afraid? What do you do when you are afraid? God knows many of us here are afraid. Afraid. It's already enough of the years already passed. And you're asking yourself, it's looking like this year will be like last year. As we approach the middle of the year. So the fear, the uncertainty, the difficulties... The day-to-day difficulties, forget the big dream. I want to build a house. I want to open another business. I want to expand my business. Just the day-to-day, getting through the month without sinking, for some of us, is now the goal. Forget those, when you mention those goals, some of us just laugh. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Who do you seek when you are afraid? Who do you seek when you're afraid? God, a lot of times, will let the devil do that thing that will make you, I don't mean I'm a little uncomfortable. I mean fear. Have you been so afraid that it is hot, that is 80 degrees, 90 degrees, almost 100 degrees outside, and your feet are cold? A cold sweat will break out over you. If you're at a doctor's office and they've given you bad news, that type of fear. The Bible calls it, and they were so afraid. There's a good deal of fear in this room. There's a good deal of fear in the nation. What are you going to do now that you're afraid? Will you seek the Lord? Or will you go to one prophet or the other? Because that's what they call them nowadays, prophets. And my friend told me, let's go to this place. What's so special about that place? Oh, no worry. Let's just go to this place. 
What do they do in this place? Don't worry. Let's go to this place. Be careful what place you go to. Because oftentimes fear is designed to make you say the wrong thing. Fear is designed to make you do the wrong thing. I'm not telling you something I haven't told you before. It's no great revelation. Jehoshaphat feared and he sought the Lord. Will you seek your uncle? Will you seek your auntie? Will you go and beg that person you said you'll never beg? Will you go and talk to that person you said you'll never talk to? It's a question I'm asking you. After Jehoshaphat sought the Lord, God spoke. The point of 2 Chronicles 20 was that Jehoshaphat said the army because he knew that he could not overcome. And they began to praise God. That's the point I wanted to get to in this story. Is that they began to praise God. Your first point of call in your moment of difficulty for someone like me is to pray. But God is starting to teach me by force that there are some times where you've prayed and it feels like the more you pray, the more difficult it becomes. You pray and it's like the problem is getting worse. Start praising him. I want to start a practice of once a week. I pick a day and that day is just for praise. Don't ask anything. Morning till night. It'll be very difficult, but just to praise him. And, and it's difficult to praise God. When you tell people praise God, they can pray for 20 minutes. A prayer warrior, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Ask, God, ask them to start praising God. That time will drag. Five minutes will feel like 25 minutes. Five minutes will feel like 25 minutes. For a strong Christian to just dig up a reason to say, God, thank you. Because our minds are programmed to deal with the problems that are ahead. Not to look back and see what God has done. Just begin to praise God. Make a habit. Make a habit. Make a habit. A good habit of praising God. When it feels like things are stagnant. When it feels like things are stacked against you. That's what arise and shine. Part of arising is, is to praise. You have done all you can. You have prayed. You have given. You are obeying everything you know to obey. Nothing is changing. Start praising God. Start praising God. When you start praising God, then you will see another side of him. It's not as if God cannot answer your prayers. God is telling you, you have prayed enough. You have petitioned me enough. Begin to praise me. Find anything to praise him for. I was able to put my clothes on by myself this morning. Lord, I thank you. I was able to eat by myself. They didn't feed me through a tube. Lord, I thank you. I woke up today. I went to the bathroom by myself and I came out. Lord, I thank you. I'm not on medication. There are some people, if you know how, medication, how many medications they have to take a day. There are some people when they have cancer, the medication they are about to take, they can't touch it anyhow because it has radiation in it for those who take chemo. The medication. Hema was saying that, that when it's touching, there's a way you have to take through the packaging because if you touch it, it will injure your hands. And he said, but I'm about to swallow it. They say, well, that's what chemotherapy is. So you now swallow that, it will kill the good cells, it will kill the bad cells. And God has delivered you. Look at how we drive in Nigeria. You get up every day, you go to work, you come back. I know a guy who got on Okada. He had an accident for months. For months. He has not been able to work. I don't even know if he has savings or he's now borrowing from family members. 
capable man. Just went Okada that we all jump on. Every day, you will see some people, they will jump on with three or four children. Begin to praise God. I know that that's not a, that's not a, it's difficult to do, but begin to praise him. Psalm 67 from verse 5 to 7. He says, we will praise him and the whole earth shall yield her increase. In Exodus chapter 15, Exodus chapter 16, verse 12, Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 18, you see the children of Israel, every challenge that they faced, they murmured. Every challenge that they faced, they murmured. Every problem they faced, they complained. Maybe God is allowing those problems come to you, one after the other to see, have you learned how to praise me in the face of difficulty? Or do you pray, 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 and then when you get frustrated, you begin to complain? Or sometimes, we package our complaints in prayers. We start to complain against God, but in a prayer format. So we say we are praying, but really in our hearts, we are complaining. You are, you are querying God. You are questioning Him. You are you are supposed to do this. How come you haven't done this? Your word says you will do this. How come you haven't done this? That will not work with the God that we serve. God is allowing these challenges to teach us to praise him in the face of challenges. We look at another thing that arise means is to fast and to pray, to seek the face of God, to intercede, to cry out to God. This is what we are more familiar with. To inquire of him. But still, we should do that with thanksgiving. We should do that with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the mixture, is the water that you mix everything else in when you pray. You don't just come and when you are cooking soup or stew, you just carry the dry ingredients and put in there. Everything is done, everything is, is in a broth, everything is in water. It's the base of everything that you cook or you are going to eat. That's what Thanksgiving should be. Thanksgiving should always, your prayer should start with thanksgiving. There should be thanksgiving in the middle of your prayers and your prayer should end with thanksgiving. Mix thanksgiving in everything as regards your prayers. Even when you are fasting. Even when you set time aside to seek the face of God. We see also 1 Chronicles 20, 2 Chronicles 20, sorry. Hezekiah, when he prayed to God, when uh, Sennacherib came against Judah in 2 Kings chapter 19 from verse 8 to 9. We see the prayer of Asa, also a king of Judah, in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 verse 11. These people mastered the art of taking their problems to God in prayer. Don't take your problems to your fellow man in prayer. A lot of us pray to our fellow man. A lot of us, in a form of complaint, we are praying. Seek God in prayer. Seek God genuinely in prayer when you have difficulties. Don't let prayer be the last thing you do. Let prayer be the first thing that you do. That's what arise and shine means. If you don't arise in the place of prayer, in the place of fasting, in the place of seeking God, you will never shine. Jehoshaphat shined in victory. Hezekiah shined in victory. Asa shined in victory because they first arose by seeking God with prayer and fasting. When things get difficult, difficult that you cannot explain. 
Don't keep your mouth closed. Because that's what the devil wants us to do. And that's what a lot of us do. So it's like we're keeping quiet to express our, we're protesting to God by keeping quiet. We come to the house of God and we sit down. And a dumb man once told me, saying a person will want something, he had a long pass. Now, a person will want something, now he had a long pass. Don't come to the house of God and, and, and sit down. I, I laugh in my mind. You see some people, they come to the house of God, they sit down while praise and worship is going on. And you, who is going to answer the prayer? The God that you are sitting down for. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't, I mean, if, you, if, the, if, the, if the governor of Lagos State comes in here, you want a contract, you want something, and he comes in and you sit down, and you expect him to honor your petition, how? Wait on him. Someone explain this waiting on God. Not wait on him like some people say, do nothing. Like, okay, I would go to this place for three days. I'm waiting on God. That is true. That's one application of that statement. But wait on God means, that's part of our eyes. Practically speaking. Wait on God means stay at your duty post. Take on a hearing posture while you serve. Don't launch prematurely. Isaiah 40, 31, it says, They that wait on the Lord. They that serve the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. They that find out what the Lord wants. While I'm waiting for my prayer to get answered, I've sought the face of God. i praised Him. I'm praising Him. I'm fasting. I'm praying. What are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing in the meantime? Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, I like this one. He said, I will stand at my guard post and see what he will say to me. Where you are standing will determine what, whether or not you will be able to see what God will say to you. If you say, I'm waiting on God, I'm tired. I can't take this rubbish anymore. You go home, I'm not coming to church. That's fine. You can do that. Brothers and sisters, let us understand that the God that we serve is more than enough. He doesn't need you. You need him. Please. Hallelujah. Please settle that in your mind. You are the one that needs his power. You are the one that needs the provision. You are the one that needs his presence. Begin to serve God like you are the one that needs him. A lot of us serve God as if um, we equate God and the church. Oh, if I don't show up now, the pastor will. You can't go far with God like that. You need to serve him with a sense of urgency. Especially when things are difficult like this. Because what the devil wants is for you to curse God and die. What the devil wants is for you to throw up your hands and say, I'm not doing again. All this one that I've been given, all this thing I've been doing, what has he brought? Look at how things are going. And then you walk out. Then the devil is laughing and say, God, I told you. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Just put him under a little pressure. You will see what he's made of. God is watching and the devil is watching to see how you will react under pressure. Because yes, the pressure is great in the land. 
Don't launch out prematurely. Don't take matters into your own hands. Like the two women who decided that they would kill their children. And I'm sure that that thing didn't happen too long. And then there was deliverance for the land. Imagine how they must have felt. It's a true story. One of them killed her children. And it sounds like maybe it didn't take a week. That happened today. They went to Elijah. Elijah said by this time tomorrow. So in the space of two to four days, the woman who had killed her child, say on Monday, by Thursday, everything had changed. Are you going to kill your future with God by what comes out of your mouth? And then all of a sudden, there's breakthrough. Where's that woman going to go and get that child back from? What will she say? Oh, what happened to your son? How do you start telling that story? Are you going to kill your ministry, the future of your ministry, and say, I'm done? I'm not. Are you going to go somewhere you're not supposed to go and soil your hands? Yes, God will forgive you, but that might alter your destiny. It's not that God didn't forgive Esau, but we don't say God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. We say God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For he sought that birthright with tears, it says in Hebrews. But God did not repent. God didn't give it back to him. Don't sell your birthright because you are hungry. Don't sell your birthright because things are the way they are in Nigeria. Don't sell your spiritual birthright. Don't sell your birthright in your office. Don't cave under pressure because there is pressure. Anybody that says there is no pressure in Nigeria, is a, is, they are living in another reality. There is pressure. Moses was in the wilderness in Exodus chapter 3. When he saw a manifestation of God, he says, I will turn and see what this sight is. That's seeking God. Waiting on him at your duty post. That wouldn't have happened if Moses said, I'm tired. Tired of taking this sheep out every day. I'm tired of this mundane existence. There are times where serving God seems mundane. Nothing is happening. I understand. I feel that way too. No big thing is happening. It feels like we've been doing this for a couple of years now. I'm sure that's how Moses felt. But one day was one day. I prophesied to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. One day, that day that will change your life is right around the corner. David was in the wilderness taking care of the sheep. When Samuel came to Jesse's house, David was not at home. David was not at home. But God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse and said, there's a man there. There's a man serving. There's a man on duty. There's a man waiting. Waiting where? Even after he was anointed, he went back to the duty post. There are a lot of us who will never get the answer to our prayers. And what this is evangelism. You have made your petitions to God. You have told God what you want. You have cried out to God. The most important thing to God is the winning of souls. So go out and win souls. Go out and tell people about how good God is. Even though it seems like your prayers are not getting answered. Hallelujah. Even though it seems like your prayers are not getting answered. Stand at your duty posts. That's, what our, that's one of the meanings of our eyes. Don't let problems and pressure make you give up at the nick of time. How do you think David felt? He was the only one in the wilderness. Out of seven sons, out of eight, sorry, seven were at home. 
seven were at home. Seven were more favored. Even his father did not say, oh, the prophet has come. Go and call him. Think of that. So you can't tell me that that man in that place, that he was happy with that situation. But he didn't grumble. He was praising God in that wilderness. And God located him. In that place where you are working, as long as you keep a good attitude, as long as you keep praising God, as long as you keep worshiping him, as long as you keep doing the last thing God told you to do, God, by his power and by his spirit, will locate you in the name of Jesus. Arise and shine. If David decided to stay at home, that anointing would not have come on his life and he would never have shined against Goliath. Leave the familiar. Step out in faith. Do the unusual. In Exodus chapter 12, God told Abraham to leave his country, to leave his kindred, to leave his father's house. That's three levels of familiarity. Your personal house, your area, your immediate area, your tribe, your comfort zone. As if that's not enough, leave your country. And go where? Go to a place I will show you. So just keep walking with me. That's what he was telling him. I'm not guaranteeing you anything. I'm not going to tell you how it will end. I'm not giving you a map. A lot of us want God to give us step one, step two, step three, step four, and then it will go like this, then it will go like that. That's why a lot of times we are seeking, uh, we are going to the house of prophet so that they will give us details. You have no business with those details. You are not God. You have no business with those details. You are not God. You need to hear the instruction you need to hear so you don't mess up the plan. Because you put a good plan in the hands of a man, they'll mess it up. Imagine if God had not told uh, uh, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, about the, the, the younger serving the older. The woman would have left the thing alone and God would have done it the way he wanted to do it. Don't try and manipulate your destiny. Don't try and do the part. It's true, we should do our part. But let God do his part. A lot of us are in the attitude of doing our own and then we want to help God do his own. We want to assist him. God, just in case you forgot, he didn't forget. He knows exactly what he's doing. Everyone, turn to your neighbor, say, mind your business. Mind your business. Mind your own. Don't mind your own and mind God's own. Mind your own. If you want to arise and shine. When Jesus called his disciples, Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Then in verse 27 and 28. Matthew chapter 4. From verse 18 to 21, he called them and, and straightway they followed him. Straightway, immediately they followed him. Without argument, they followed him. How do you go home and tell your wife, ah, what happened? I resigned today. Ah, how come? What happened? Jesus called me. Think of that. It's easy for us to read. It's easy for us to read. How many of us would do that? I remember... We, where this guy came on and he was working with the church in Agoda. And I was trying to explain to him. I'm an explainer if you know me. I'm trying to stop. But I, I was trying to explain to him, well, after this, we're going to do this. Just like, I was, I was anxious. That was around the time of Papa's passing. Somebody had left. So we, we were bringing him on. So my, in my anxiety, I was trying to tell him why he should. And the Spirit of God spoke to me immediately. I knew it was the Spirit of God. It's not in my head. He said the foxes have holes 
The birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said, if the man will stay, let him stay. If he won't stay, let him go. Stop trying to pamper people with guarantee. Well, we have this, we have that. Jesus said, I don't have anything. Follow me. If you want to follow, you follow. If you don't want to follow, leave it. Anything you don't have the people to do, shut it down. If we don't have the person to do it, well, we don't have the person to do it. When God brings the person, then it means that it's time for us to stop trying to convince. Stop the, I know we have to evangelize to people, people who haven't come, but let's not act as if there's no anointing in the house and you are hounding the person. You are disturbing the person. If the person wants to come, they will come. If they don't want to come, it's not a problem. God bless you. See you later. And then go reach out to someone else. Don't do this thing by, it's not by power, it's not by might. Yes, you should put in the effort, but don't overexert yourself in your insecurity. God is not insecure. God knows where overcomers church what outreach is. God knows when the general overseer was going to leave. God knows when he called him. God knows where we are. When our time comes. When Esther was preparing to meet the king, Peter walking on water. These were people who did the unfamiliar. When I was reading that story this morning with Esther, he said I will go and meet the king, even though it is not lawful to do so. Nobody's saying break the law. But God is saying he will break the law on your behalf. He will rewrite the protocol for your sake. That's what happened when she met the king. The king rewrote the law because of her. That's what arise. One of the meanings of arise and shine is. How do you know your light has come? We know that the light of the world is Jesus. But another way you know your light has come, another way you know your time has come, is when your challenge is at its most daring and daunting. When your Goliath begins to openly challenge and threaten you, know that your light has come. When Goliath has the guts, he challenged Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. When that problem looks as if it's about to kill you, when it looks as if there's no hope, there's no way in the world this can happen. Know that your light has come. When our mother in the Lord was laying on the bed in the hospital, and they said, if this thing does not improve by tomorrow, we're taking you for dialysis. At the nick of time. It was on the 40th day that David went out to meet Goliath. Because after that 40 days, they would become slaves the Philistines, the, the, the people of Israel would. When your back is, when it looks like it's impossible, when it looks like the situation now has the guts to, to, to laugh at you, to look at you in the face and say, eh, what are you going to do? When you look at your account and you say, in the history of my life, I've never had it like this. Cool down, your light has come. Don't lose hope, your light has come. What the devil wants is to push you so far that you give up. That you say, I'm done. I'm going to go and meet that man. I'm going to go and meet that woman. Uh, what's the number of that person that you gave me? You want to now go and do that sacrifice? No, 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 no. The devil knows what he's doing. God has a, set, a limit to what you can be tested. 
And once you are coming close to that limit, know that your light is about to come. Finally, Jesus arose and shined on Calvary. Jesus arose and shined on Calvary. If I be lifted up, he said, I will draw all men. There's no greater lifting up. There's no greater arising than being hung on a cross on Calvary. That was the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To arise means to sacrifice. To arise means to sacrifice. God might be calling you to make a sacrifice, an uncommon sacrifice. If the, maybe the sacrifice is money. Don't be afraid. Some of you say, ah, so he was saying all of this good message now to end on offering. No, I'm not ending on offering. What sacrifice? What is God asking you to leave in order to fulfill his plan and purpose for your life? What is God asking you to let go of? The cheapest of them is money. Might be asking you to leave this place and all the comforts and pleasures of this place and come to another place. Might be asking you to leave your comfort zone. How can I be going on the street handing tracts to people? They will abuse me. Yes. Sacrifice your, person, your personality, your timber and caliberness. So that God will be pleased with you even though men are laughing at you. To arise is to sacrifice. To arise is to do what you would not normally do in order that God might be pleased. And may he give us the grace to do all of these in Jesus' name. Let us rise. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.